You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. I am one of your hosts from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Mark. I go by the lift. And with me tonight, I have two legendary, incredible, fantastic, fantastical, uh, gregarious, uh, That's a new one. there's a new one, uh, stupendous individuals with me tonight. I have my, uh, normal co-host with me, uh, DBN dead broke nerd who's with us tonight, but we also have a special guest with us tonight. Second time on the show. Although first time was back in season one with us tonight. We have laser Jishin. laser Jishin, We'll start with you. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a good day. Got some work done from home. Had some great dinner with the girlfriend. Watch a master chef because, you know, cooking shows are great for wasting time in a quarantine. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So are you are you in the work from home stage? Are you are you quarantined to home or do you still get to go? Are you still lucky to get it get to go into the office? Nope. Nope. I'm working from home. One of the double edged swords of being a software developer is that working from home is pretty easy. Um, you just bring your laptop home with you and happen to connect over VPN and everything else is pretty much the same. So I've been working from home for about three weeks now and I, I would work from home occasionally before all of this happened. So um, it, it's not all too big of a disruption for me to be perfectly honest. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've had some, I've had some, well, I don't know. My life is entirely different, but Luckily, I was able to unplug and mostly come home. We are in like week three of quarantine. And I'll tell you this, less people listen to podcasts when they don't drive to work. Yeah, I'm I'm way less in my rotation. I am like six episodes behind on three or four different podcasts. It's kind of crazy. Yes, like (laughs) way, way less people. (laughs) Now, now, Ian or DBN, we had a chance to talk a little bit, but I do want to know, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm still going to work, uh, but I only work uh, three days a week now. So I guess that's an improvement because, you know, the the germs totally wear off overnight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But... no, it, it's it, it's it, we're we're doing okay. At least I did get to play a lot of Runeterra this week, so that's good. That's good. Nice. That is one well-known fact about the coronavirus. Everybody is the germs don't stick around very long. <laughs> that's also, what they say. They're also so allergic to video games. Yes. Yes. Scientific yes. fact. Yeah. So if you work every other day and in between you play video games, you are incapable of getting infected. You're safe. In the clear. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Which is why my father is directly in the middle of danger because he doesn't know how to play video games. <laughs> oh no. The highest that's risk exactly in the- it. <laughs> It couldn't be anything else. Get that man some Angry Birds. (laughs) Dad, you have an iPhone. You have. (laughs) Download a game, please. Come on. Even your old computer has solitaire. Come on. (laughs) 
Minesweeper, man. Minesweeper. Literally, <laughs> literally went over last, like two months ago, set up my mother's new computer, and she's like, can you put solitaire in a place that I can find it in Candy Crush and Candy Soda Crush Saga? I'm like, mom, are you kidding me? We need, you need something <laughs> new. Mom, you gotta quit. I don't even want <laughs> but I had to go find solitaire. <laughs> I guess it's a step up from Minesweeper, right? I could have had to put Minesweeper. I don't know. I always liked Minesweeper. <laughs> I was a fan. My mom was super into Farmville back when that was the big craze, but like on Facebook games, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, Farmville. Wow. Oh, yeah. Facebook mm. games. Oh, my. So somebody. Uh, Do you all remember that? That was like crazy. Facebook People were so games? into that. Yes. Yeah. That was a thing. Facebook is still like subsiding off of the revenue they made from that era. They <laughs> Probably. Still, they still kind of use it too. Like a lot of games you can sign in using Facebook and then it like notify. It, it becomes like a Facebook game on your on your Facebook too. I only know that because like one of my buddies downloaded like Cribbage cribbage with grandpas or something and and logged in with facebook and facebook was like hey alex is playing cribbage with grandpas and uh his his wife had words but hey so real quick here's just an interesting an interesting thought bian's corona is allergic to uh video games if the coronavirus had come out while we were in middle school what video game would have you been playing in middle school to avoid the coronavirus fallout 3 fallout 3 fallout 3 because i don't think new vegas had come out yet and i had already played oblivion for like 150 hours which as a kid is like as much time as i had so i i think fallout 3 was what i was sinking my teeth into right, right around that fallout in school yeah yeah i'm yeah. trying to remember what i played in middle school like when what year was that even <laughs> me, it was oh gosh like, 2005 through seven, I think. Oh, yeah. Was so I think it's, school? I think like, let's see. Oh, man. Uh, so I think at that point, like, I was still, I still only had a PlayStation 2. The best console. Because, um, like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Let's talk about that. That was that was a console. It man. was. It was. Uh, and so so in middle school, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, I had a friend of mine that like uh, I hung out with who I'd gone to elementary school with and we part of ways middle school. But uh, we loved playing uh, a couple of different games. Uh, the Lord of the Rings Return of the King for PlayStation 2, Ooh. which had a dope co-op mode. Oh, yes, it, it did. So I got that from like a fucking blockbuster one time. And we played it from like 7 p.m. Yeah. until like 7:30 a.m. It was the yeah, best. dude. We would try to like we would try to like race the campaign on a, oh, on like yeah. a night. Like he'd come over or I'd go to his place and just like no sleep, like beat the campaign by the end of the night and like switch characters. You know, the next time we did it, you know, uh, dude. Literally, that one of the dudes in the chat right now. Uh, my buddy Joe, we played that game together at one point. Oh, nice. I remember so good, the co-op mode of that game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It was sick. The, and the like the maps were really fun because like it felt like it started with like Helm's Deep, I think. And yep. like it and then it like went through all the way to like uh like Pelinor Fields, and then I don't remember what the last one was what the last map was, but yeah. Oh, it was so sick, yeah. And then that and like Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 2. Oh my oh, god. That game was sick. About that game. 
I played so much of the Dragon Ball Fighter games. I got oh, that for Christmas. So got like got got Dragon Ball for Christmas. Got one of the wireless controllers, which at the time was like the oh, craziest a... thing. Blew my <laughs> ten year old mind. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that times. game was dope. And like there were so many. Like the roster was like like un like abnormally huge for that game. Like they at the make time, Nasha awesome. Yeah. Oh my god, there was like so many. Like uh, was it like um. There's like all the evolutions or whatever they were called, Super Saiyans. I'm not a Dragon Ball Z fan for the record, yeah, yeah. but that game was dope. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but like, there were all these like secret characters that you had to do stuff in like the overworld to unlock, and like oh. all these variations of characters, like uh, like yoked out Master Roshi and do this like crazy convoluted thing to like play as him. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here we go. I'm going back because listen, middle school is 1999, 2000 and 2001. Okay. <laughs> so in 1999, I was still using moose in my hair in the morning. In 2000, it was Y2K. And in 2001, it was 9-11. Okay. So I needed video games then. That was a rough stretch. That was a rough <laughs> moose Y2K and then and then and then 9-11. It was a rough three years. So I needed video games during that time more than just about any other. I will say this. So every day I would come home and my brother and I would play uh, Heroes of Might and Magic 3 completely. Yes! yes! That game is amazing! Still unbelievable. Still play it with my brother occasionally. One of the best side-by-side -side games ever made, in yes. my opinion. Phenomenal. And then Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 in the blue cartridge for N64, which <laughs> may have been one of the other best games of all time. And then on our PlayStation 2 Grand Theft Auto Vice City, where we would just trade back and forth and see if you could get tanks to chase you down. Um, Yo, the, the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games are directly responsible for my being a metalhead because <laughs> I, I, I thought the soundtrack is dope. I need to look what, up what this is. So I went on like, you know, my bubble iMac thing that had like the pink background or whatever, like the pink back. End. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The back bubble yeah. of it was, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And I was like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack. And I was like, <laughs> okay, these are cool. Let's go look this up. And through that, I went to iTunes. And this was back when iTunes had their like genre playlists. For okay, people who didn't okay. know what music was like me, because I was like six years old. <laughs> and on there, there was uh, one of the songs that was on the soundtrack was on iTunes grunge playlist. Okay. okay. And so, so that's how I found grunge. And I was like, all right, this is sick. So I was like a grunge kid for like four years because, you know, of course, flannel is a thing or whatever. And as well as that, I was like, all right, grunge is sick. But I liked it like the, the, the heavier grungy side, the Alice in Chains side, not so much the Pearl Jam side. And kind of like, and that's what got me into heavy music. And here I am with like, you know, hair I can sit on. So <laughs> hair I can sit on hair. I can sit on. Oh, good. how about that for some opening banter? Okay. So you heard it here. Corona is allergic to video games. So the more video games you pay, the less likely you are to become infected with Corona. You heard it here first. Valuable valuable information um wow that that was that's certainly a one way to start a show um and uh if you are one of the few people who although you are um you know quarantined do still listen to podcasts although you're not commuting somewhere you got the solution to the virus right here with us go back and play video games you used to play in middle school
Some of those games are hard to get your hands on. There was an old, this is the last one. There was an old Jurassic Park game. And I can't remember the exact name of it. It was a dinosaur park building game. And in the, but it required like direct X or something to run. And now you can't get anymore and it won't run anymore. Cause it's like some old, some old piece of software that they were using to run games. And I can't, ah, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was incredible. Like, like Zoo Tycoon, but with dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like Zoo Tycoon. That sounds dope. But with dinosaurs. It's like a Jurassic Park. Oh, if I could remember the name of that game, and I can't. It was so good, though. My brother and I used to play that together all the time. All the time. Well, this show is not about retro video games, although I'm not saying that's a bad show. Um, this show is about a new video game that's in closed or open beta right now called Legends of Runeterra. So what have you guys been playing in LOR this week? What have you been, what have you been experimenting with? How's your week in LOR been? Yeah, late. We'll throw uh, it yeah, to laser yeah, first. So yes, uh, let's see. I've been mostly jamming mid Demacia. Okay. Because, mm. that, that wasn't so. Usually, I, I what I've been playing mostly is Karma stuff because so so for me I, when I when I win I like winning big right. I'm a Timmy player. I like big <laughs> beefy stuff and I like giant overwhelming spells. And one of the ways that I really love doing that in Magic: The Gathering is Storm. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's casting a gajillion spells all at once really, really quickly to try and do insane stuff. Yes. And karma, when you get that enlightenment at turn 10 and you get to double all your spells, is the closest thing that Runeterra has to storm, give or take. Maybe like, you know, Lux lasers all over is similar, but but karma is what I played in um, the closed beta. I played karma, Ezreal control, like spell slinger. Um, so I mostly play that for the first couple months of Runeterra. Then I was like, you know what? Let's let's do some like creaturey stuff. Let's do some. Let's get some <laughs> big butts on the board. Let's like get some things attack and face and just overrun the opponent. And mid Demacia with just some nice chunky stat lines, some nice rallying with the, with the leveled up Garen. It's been it's been a good time. I also haven't really played ranked up until like this week. I don't know why. I just always played casual or expedition. Okay. So. I started playing ranked uh, like, I don't know, four or five days ago. And I got through brons in like 15, 20 games. It was a nice, smooth climb yeah. with uh, with uh, Shadow Isles, Karma Control, and mid-range Demacia. Nice. Very nice. Now, so that's me. Nice. Nice. Uh, let me ask you guys this, because this is on topic with Legends Runeterra, at least. And then we'll uh, see what uh, you've been playing, uh, DBN. But the do you think... It does does the ranked in in open beta matter? I mean, I know for some people it matters, but here's the thing. Like, I remember when Hearthstone had a ranked ladder that everyone just crushed their way to the top of or whatever, and then everyone looks back on that. And they didn't even really consider it actually hitting Legend because they changed up the rank system so much by the time the game, like, was out in things. I don't know. Uh, like I'm, I'm kind of because I haven't been pushing hard on the ranked ladder because I'm like I feel like that if I push hard right now I'm gonna waste my time because eventually people are gonna be like oh yeah that didn't really count because that's not a real thing because it's changed now and it's different. So, all of the names, not all of them, a lot of the names that you know from Hearthstone right now, like you know your Kiblers and like your Crips and your Strife Crows playing Runeterra now, but like a lot of those names, you know them because they established themselves in the early days. 
Mm. And that's why rank matters now. It doesn't matter because like it's a description of skill, which it is, but that's not like the primary purpose for it. It doesn't matter because there's like a lot of competition that we're working on that. It matters because if you want to have your name out there as a Runeterra player, as a content creator, as a streamer, as a tournament organizer, whatever, any sort of authority, then high ladder rankings are some of the easiest ways to prove to the masses that your opinion is one that should be heard. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's more of like, okay, uh, my opinion will already be validated before this thing hits mobile and a lot more people are playing it. So then when people start looking for it in mass in the future, they'll they'll go and find this person whose opinion has already been validated through the open and closed betas. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, that makes I sense. I mean, that's so like when I was when I started streaming Tesla, I was like, well, if anybody's going to listen to anything I say, better start hitting legend every month. And so I hit legend every month for the entirety of my streaming career until like the month before I stopped streaming because I was, I don't know, didn't feel like it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I did that for a while too. And then after a while, the the grinding really took the fun out of it for me. So yeah. I started doing other things. Like I started doing title hunting videos and I started doing wacky combo videos instead. I thought that was a lot more fun for me. But I don't think I would have gotten any viewership on that if I hadn't already established myself as a, I don't want to say like top player because I, I I wasn't a top player by any means. But I, I like there's a, certain a knowledgeable player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, sure. and so like by the end, what I could do is I could start playing. Um, I would play meme decks up to legend instead. I would just or not even meme decks, but like I'd play off meta up to legend. And yeah, it would take longer. But like people like that was. That That's was ninety percent. Well, that was ninety percent of why people bothered to watch my channel. That was my yeah. only, like, my main selling point was that I was a player who, you know, was a caster and had played in tournaments and performed decently. You know, but that's not my preferred way to play the game. Instead, I prefer experimenting and trying new cool things. Um, and so, like, I mean, some of my most loyal viewers were people just like me. You know, kind of that Johnny spike blend where like mm -hmm. you want to win, but you want to win your way. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, I do feel like I carved out a really interesting niche for myself doing that, which maybe if you're listening and you're interested in streaming, think about what you like to do. That's different than everyone else. I mean, there's just a free tip for you, but um, yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. But it's also that thing like, so like when, when we started playing legend of the five rings in my local play group, right? Like there's no ladder. You know what I mean? Like, sure. you, can't, you know, you're just playing a, a paper card, you know. Um, but one of the things that I, I did find is that like earlier, like in the first year of the game, like nobody really knew what they were doing. It was a very different card game than anything else that was out there. And I, I like not to pat myself on the back, but I picked it up pretty quick. Right. Uh, but anytime we got new people in the shop, I got found myself getting a little bit. uh you know, a little bit protective of my uh, yeah. of my status as the person who knew what I was talking about. You know, <laughs> and Excuse so I'm like, me. all right, there's that new there's that new person. Excuse uh, me, you have right. to get past me. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what it was actually. You know, yeah. but uh, but I mean, like, you know, it doesn't really matter. But but I think there is that thing where like you want your opinion to be respected. By your peers and one of the best ways you can do that is by building credibility and that's exactly what the ladder is now if you don't care about people you know what people think about then or really if you're like i if you don't listen to me that's your loss like 
which is kind of where I'm at with Runeterra. I'm not going to claim to be the expert because I'm not, but I'm also not going to go grind master rank just so somebody will listen to me. Because if you don't listen to me, okay, sure, <laughs> like, yeah. sure, like, don't listen. Your prerogative. Like, <laughs> yeah. but I think, don't I think listen. the thing about the thing about ladder is not that it's a more legitimate way to establish yourself in the community, but it's probably the most direct way, right? It's visible. Like, yeah, yeah, it's visible, and it's it's very simple it's not easy mind you that's those are two very <laughs> different things simple versus easy but it is a very like straightforward thing right sure win lots of games very clear structure very yeah. obvious route to what you're defining as success if that's what you want right so for for those kinds of people who care about competition who care about potentially sponsorships and getting on teams who care about you know it it's riot riot's gonna throw money at this to make it an esport like i have every faith that there's going to be an esports structure around this at some point sure so for those people so for those people ladder finishes are really really important and so i think ladder is right now really only being used to um used as an outlet for people to prove that they can be established entities within the community And, and we don't have very many of those right now. We have like Mogwai, uh, Strife Crow does some streaming and stuff. I don't know. I don't actually really follow a lot of Runeterra content, but but there's like, you know, four or five probably pillars of established content creators and authorities. But then there's this whole like mishmashy sea of other people who want to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and for those people, Ladder is a nice, direct, clear way to get out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that. So, uh, I mean, DBN, you were playing, you said you like playing some off-meta stuff. Did you get to experiment with any off-meta stuff this week? Or were you playing straight meta? Straight meta. Oh, never. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Uh, No, uh, so I I played a little bit more uh, Catastrophe, uh, which was Yeah, that's about off-meta. It's about off-meta as you get. (laughs) Oh, it's so fun though. And honestly, I win way more than I lose with it. Like nice. I hear 3030s with overwhelms pretty good. And the rest of it's just a stall package. Like <laughs> Who would have known? Yeah, surprise, surprise, right? I mean, if only if only Echo of Akatosh had had breakthrough and maybe charge, <laughs> yeah. then we might have seen it be more interesting. Uh, but since everything has charge in this game, you know. Catastrophe's uh, good catastrophe's got charge and breakthrough <laughs> uh no uh so i played uh i played some more uh big spells um so which was the mage seekers uh so oh, yeah 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 um and i was having a lot of fun with it i will say like uh the noxus piltover aggro deck just completely runs it over to the point where like it, like it almost can't win against that deck but against almost everything else, it's got game, you know, hmm. uh, which is really exciting and interesting. And of course, I've done a little bit of teching since last week where I kind of talked about like my just kind of I winged it and threw something together. So I've done some refining, but it's pretty much the same basic concept. Uh, I do. I still have Jinx in there just because I think Jinx is a solid four drop, like just in general. <laughs> um you know, but I could also see putting like Lucian in because for the same reason, because it's got quick attack. Yeah. You know, uh, or I could see putting in like even maybe even like Ezreal for the elusive Nexus strike. Not that you're really going to be getting the targeting. The key there is that like it, it needs a, another. I mean, it doesn't need really. It could just it could be just Lux, 
but it kind of wants another champion that wants big spells, but really nothing else kind of fits that role. I was thinking about putting Garen in, but the curve is already really high. So it's just about like, you know, finding something that really fits that play style, that mid range beefcakes play style, but with those big swinging spells on top of it. And of course, I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if you listened, Laser. I know you say you get behind a podcast, and I wouldn't blame you for not listening to ours. But um, the idea basically is play either Remembrance or mm-hmm. Unlicensed Innovation on turn three every single game, yep. and then you curve out the ridiculous Mage Seekers for the rest of the game. You know uh, what the the spicy splash color is for for a Mage Seekers shell? What is it? Ash. Dude, See, that's what I I'm theory, splashing. I theory crafted that. I theory crafted that last it's, week. It's so high roll, but when it rolls high, oh. Yeah. So good. Well, and so that so the reason I'm going Piltover was so I get the redundancy from uh the innovation alongside. Oh yeah, it's probably way better. It's probably uh, way better, but it's but, not as spicy. But that's literally what me and yeah. uh Mark were talking about last week was Ash. Dude, great minds think alike. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love it. Uh but yeah, it's it's a blast. But um so so that was that. I kind of toyed around with a couple other things, played some more Yasuo um stun and you know had a couple bad games of that which was uncharacteristic normally it seems to handle things quite well but i don't know if i was in my best like state of mind when i was playing it 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 seems like the yasuo stun deck is very like i think it's weak i just think it happens to be my play style uh but like you know you have to kind of be very careful with your resources because like if yasuo dies your game plan dies and so yeah <laughs> you know which is kind of the downside of it you almost wish yasuo had four health and three attack um because like get excited are in every you know deck and, and black spear yeah. you know one of the two and so it just i mean the removal points on yasuo just aren't favorable um so that's a little unfortunate uh but uh the biggest and coolest thing that i want to share about runeterra uh, and this is not about what I was playing, but I got my dad into it. Oh, hey, nice. yeah. So like for those of you who've listened to our episode zero, like uh, playing card games uh, is something that like 100 percent is uh, because of my dad. Uh, and also because like um, like something we still share, like he's in he he's like a, a founding member and uh, and pillar of our Legend of the Five Rings play group at our local shop right really uh yeah we have a dynasty you know (laughs) that's Uh, awesome yeah it's just really one of the coolest things uh, and just been like a really awesome constant in my life but anyways like uh i had like anytime a new game comes out i'm always like oh dad this is a new game and you know he was like he's he played hard he finally quit hearthstone you know he'd been playing hearthstone for forever just really casually you know Mm -hmm. um but i was like come on you gotta put some time into this and he had downloaded it but not played it really so I was like, all right, come on. Like, let's like, so I just hung out with him uh, this weekend and like we just played games on his account, and, like looked at cards and did an expedition and stuff like that. It was really fun. So like he was actually like he texted me today and he had pulled like two random champions off of card upgrades and stuff oh, like that. And I'm like, where is my luck? I never oh, get God. upgrades. <laughs> Dude, this week on the vault. So they, they got the vault. You got the upgrades this week, right? The patch went out. So if you hit yeah, level yeah. 10, you got a a, uh, a a champion wild card. So I got the champion wild card. And then in one of my three, because I hit level 10, one of my three things, I got upgraded to a second champion wild card. Pulled two champion <laughs> wild cards this week. 
come on i'm only missing i think like for me to have three copies of every champion i think i only need 10 champs right now and i have five and i have between shards and champ cards that i have saved up right now i have seven but if i just finish all of my like leveling up bars just mm -hmm. in champion wild cards and champion capsules that i'll get in that i will actually have I actually have enough right now where I have more than what I need to have three copies of every champion in the base game. Oh, nice. um, well, that's great yeah. for when the I'm next so set jealous. comes out. Yeah, so I'll be able to just hopefully, I'll save a lot of that stuff and hopefully just craft up most of the champs in the new set um, whenever whenever that new set comes out, which uh, there is a preview for that new set that came out today. And if you're like me and your uh, moderator for your Discord, Jethron, <laughs> posts, oh, it, no. posts it and then you get excited and partway through, you're like, is this dude wearing an Overwatch hoodie? That's a huge oversight. Are you kidding me? That's, that game's made by Blizzard, right? This dude's got an Overwatch hoodie on. And then, and then, you still don't realize it's April Fool's Day when they reveal that the new cards are coming from Animal Crossing. And you jump three or four times in the video to see when the meme is going to be over and they're going to show you the real cards coming out for Legends of Runeterra only then to realize after you jump the whole way through it that it's April Fool's Day. So that happened to me today. Jeff, you got me good. You got me good, Riot. Whoever <laughs> did that trash to me. I was so excited. There was a, there was a picture of a, a scrummy crappy oh. seaport and you had a name for it and every oh, 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 oh. I wanted it. So so wholesome such a wholesome reaction <laughs> there are other card games that do do ip crossovers like shadowverse does that all the time really they do, they do cross promotions other ips all the time so honestly if if you if like it wasn't april 1st and you told me that riot was doing a, a runeterra crossover with animal crossing I can see it. Like, there's worse <laughs> IPs across the board. No, right? there's not. There's I mean, there's like, good, I mean, worse, but there's not by much. Not by <laughs> much. Digimon to be like, all right, hold hold up. <laughs> <laughs> there's right, there's a couple. Okay, like maybe like Runeterra crosses over with the Avatar: The Last Airbender movie that came out. Um, oh, not no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be fair, before Last you Airbender, said movie, I was gonna be like, there's Ionia's reskin. <laughs> no, dude. If it was if it was Avatar: The Last Airbender, the card Ryan. game, I'm in. I'm in. I'm sold. I'm sold on the card game, but not on the movie. That, <laughs> oh, yes. If someone would just give me a good Star Wars card game, too, come on. We oh, Yeah, right. Uh, next week, we're moving on to season three of Legends Gas, and and we're covering the new Star Wars game, whatever just it cover, is. Just cover a no, different it, game every week. Uh, <laughs> just a new season. Star Wars, mm -hmm. The Last Airbenders. <laughs> <laughs> what a crossover that, and what a crossover that would be. Starbender Trek. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, hey, I played a little bit of Legends of Runeterra this week, got in there. I did try. It's hard for me to pull myself away from Teamfight Tactics right now, um, but I did pull myself away, played some Expeditions, had a lot of fun doing that. Um, still, I'm really hooked. I did play Mage Slayers, and I'm playing, my Mage Slayers is running um, Lux and uh, Lux and Ash, and then Harsh Winds and Winter's Breath. Um, and that has been a lot of fun. It's a little bit more controly Mage Slayer, so it bought me a, a little bit more time to overwhelm them. And then other than that, Heimerdinger Karma is just like so hard for me not to play. Every time I go to queue up a game, I'm it's like, so I'm like, you know what? 
I just want to play Heimerdinger and Karma. You know what? Uh, I should play something else, but I just want to play Heimerdinger and Karma. I don't even care about Karma as much. I freaking love, love Heimerdinger. He is so much oh, fun. He is so much fun. And Heimerdinger into Heimerdinger, which gives you the eight cost, draw three cards, and then gives you a zero mana, eight, eight dinosaur robot. Yes. Come on now. I can love I, it. Can I? Can I ask a Heimerdinger question? Yes. It is random, right? Which no. things you get? No, 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 no. It's based on the mana cost of the spell you cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have yeah. way more control over it. So if you if you oh, cast yeah. an eight mana spell, yeah, okay. you get an eight, eight dinosaur. That makes a lot more sense. Of- I've played the dang card. Not a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I can't seem to draw it in like my uh, my catastrophe deck. Like I'll get every once in a while I'll draw it and then it'll get nuked right away. But like I've played a bunch of games and like gotten and that and that's normally the thing that I think is supposed to get you all 20 cards that are different named for the catastrophe because he's got all those different, you know, yep. uh, bots or whatever. But some games I I cannot find the dang guy. And then well, I'm just obviously like it's because your brain is too big and it's intimidating Heimerdinger who's used to being the smartest in the room. He's the smartest, yeah. Oh, gosh, you know, he better keep his ego in check, I guess. Uh but, no, okay, that 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 answers a lot of questions because uh I was sitting there like playing against an opponent and you know, there's still a lot in this uh game that like I haven't done, sure. you know, and have played explore, and yeah. experimented with. And to be honest, like Frankly, control has never been my cup of tea overall, uh, at least, I mean, in some games. But, like, I much prefer mid-range uh, gameplay. <laughs> and so, like, I haven't I haven't played much Heimerdinger except for the Catastrophe deck. And let's be honest, I'm really mostly focusing on summoning 30-30 cats and X suits. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, this guy keeps pulling the elusive one and i'm like what the heck how does he keep getting the elusive guy yes. this is absolutely ridiculous because you just and play I a just... ton of three mana spells and i didn't connect the two and i guess like i didn't read the card and so i mean like really lesson learned guys when you're when you're playing a, a card game and read the cards yeah know what know? they do definitely know what things helpful. do man yeah you know have you ever stopped to think about all those other card games that you played throughout your life and how much like your brain, like we know that, that like the human brain only has so much capacity for stored memories, right? Mm-hmm. A, uh, think about all those other card games that you still know the cards for that's like just wasting space in your brain. You know, dude, dude, that's why I don't know how to write in English basically at all, because all of my sixth grade through 12th grade years was spent storing Dungeons and Dragons stat blocks for monsters in my brain so I could pull them up on command. I never learned English. I just didn't do it. I don't know how to write Dungeons and Dragons. I I just have stat blocks memorized. That's it. That's all I can recall. I can recall them, but that's all that I can recall. (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's a certain age where information becomes like one in one out so as i'm learning how to play smash ultimate i'm like learning frame data but i'm losing arithmetic yeah, right <laughs> you're like i really know oh, those precious childhood memories yeah ah! <laughs> but hey falco snare is like minus five on shield i have no idea if that's true if you know smash don't come at me <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, well i tell you what tonight we want to talk about uh we want to talk about the tournament scene a little bit because laser 
you have always been um, big on the tournament scene. You're a caster, and you're going to be casting mm -hmm. a tournament, which we're going to have you rep. But before we do that, we want to take a pause because um, we have a giveaway. So we uh, advertised in the month of March that we are having Legends Cast hats made. So black hats with a Legends Cast gold logo on the front of them embroidered. So, you know, not cheap hats. Now, I will say this, that the world is shut down, so we can't get them right now. But once we do get them, we're going to give them out. So every month we're doing a giveaway. If you'll leave us a rating and review on iTunes and you'll leave it a nice one for me, it's going to be really hard for me to put you in a drawing for a hat when you leave a rude comment for me. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just can't get can't get your name out of the hat. Um, so we I put the names in the hat of the people who, because we're giving away hats, so I thought it was appropriate to have an actual hat, uh, of the people who That's left us true. a rate. Okay. That's not okay, true. Okay, hold up, pause. I'm Wait. calling you out on this. Wait. I asked DBN. <laughs> hey, man, Lies. How do you do you know how to do a drawing? And DBN's like, dude, just you pull it out of a hat. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. So listen, I, I was like, let's listen. You're over there in your fancy, fancy booth with your high tech <laughs> microphones and green screens and triple monitors and whatnot, and you ask me how to pull something out of a hat. What do you think I'm gonna say to pull something out of a hat? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Um, I heard it when Ian this. said it, and I thought that's a good idea. So that's what we're gonna do. So we, so, so I have this, I have this hat. Woo, boys! <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> 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 Welcome back on the show, Laser. Okay, okay, here we go. We're pulling the name out of that right now as we speak. To see, and I took my name out of this because I'm just taking one when it comes in. Okay, our our uh, our winner is uh, Medler M E D D L three R. Medler is the winner of our Legends Cast hat. Medler, I know you're in our Discord. Thank you so much for your support and that rating and review. Dude, just shoot me over uh, a name and a shipping address, and as soon as we get those hats made, whenever the world turns back on, I will be sure to support local businesses by buying these hats and then getting one out in the mail to you. So, thank that you so much. Is in the rioter meddler? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. I uh, played. I played. I played League on. of Legends with him one time. I think he's in college. I could be wrong. Uh, never mind then. Yeah, maybe <laughs> just like a, just trying to mimic him or something. I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah. So thank you so much for that. That's fantastic. So go yes. ahead and Thanks, got that rating review. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's go ahead and move on to the main subject for the show. Now it's a party. Okay, so the main subject for the show today is we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, a little bit about the tournament scene, right? So, um, Laser, why don't we start off by why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, we had you on the show in season one, but if people are not a Tessel player, they they won't they won't know. So, tell us a little bit about your your stuff and like why why tournaments are important to you and kind of how you're involved. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh, long ago, when I was but a wee lad of a much less substantial beard and better skin, because I went outside, um, I was playing a whole bunch of Tessel, and I said, you know what, there's a there's a need here for um, tournament casters who are a little bit more personable. At the time, in Tessel, there was one, really only one competitive outlet. It was a weekly series called the Warp Meta Tournament Series. 
which was a very foundational, pivotal um, institution in Tesla. Very important. Um, everyone who was involved in the competitive scene knew about Warp Meta. And someone on my team, Team Rankstar, um, a guy named Endozoa, was kind of solo casting at the time. And there wasn't really any established casters at that time in Tesla's history. There were people who were interested in it. There were people who enjoyed it. I think the closest thing to a dedicated caster was Charmer. He was probably the first person in Tesla who was really going in on being a caster in addition to all the other hats he wears. And so I, I knew that I wanted to be more involved in the scene, but I, I didn't play a lot of card games at the time. Tesla was easily the first one I ever took seriously. And I'd only played it for like four or five months at the time, but I wanted to be involved somehow. So I said, you know what? I'm playing this all the time. I'll grab a microphone, grab a camera, start streaming. So I did. Uh, but, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I said, well, people aren't going to watch me unless I know what I'm doing, unless I have at least something, some skill to contribute. So I uh, talked to Endo, and he, his niche is he likes coaching. He really enjoys uh, yep. coaching card games. He's a good By the way, one, too. He's, he's amazing. Um, if you ever want coaching sessions, he is still doing them, I believe. He is highly, highly recommended. Love it. So I did a coaching session with Endo. Super helpful. And he asked me what my goals were. I said, well, my goal is to be a caster. Right now, there aren't pe any people who are dedicated at casting who tr like try and improve at that and who that's their primary focus. There are people who that's their secondary focus. But for me, I want it to be the, the thing I put in ahead of my other priorities in this game. Um, so he said, all right, cool. Well, I'm casting Warp Meta. Do you want to do it with me? And I'm like, I guess I do. This seems like jumping into the deep end with a bunch of sharks, but let's have at it, I suppose. So <laughs> I did that. I was terrible. I was awful. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> Kept at it. Got a little less horrible. Um, got a little bit better beard to cover some of the shame that is very evident on my face when I don't know what I'm talking about. And... Uh, Fast forward to last year, I hosted the Master Series Championships and did Master Series Qualifiers with DBN because he's an amazing caster as well. If you haven't had the pleasure of listening to his dulcet tones tell you about play-by-play -play casting, then let me tell you, it is an experience, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Thank you. That's oh, my heart. My little heart. <laughs> and then uh, Tessel died in a fire, a big, blazing, <laughs> horrible fire. Awesome gasoline story. poured onto it. It was bad, Just man. Well, the garbage. gates of oblivion opened, and we literally, unlike <laughs> oh unlike God. Elder Scrolls Three, <laughs> yeah. we could not or four, we could not stop it. And oblivion invaded and destroyed the game, and now it's gone. And no one plays it. it Man, the, the joke people. was sitting right in front of me, and I didn't see it. Now I'm disappointed at me. Thanks, man. <laughs> I had it there for you. <laughs> so, I, so you know, I, after that, I, I needed something else to do, so I went to Mythgard. Mythgard is an amazing game. I love yes. Mythgard. Still play it. Uh, not, not quite as much these days. I got really burnt out on card games between, like, January and March this year, so I've been um, just kind of getting back into diving headfirst, so I've been playing enough to keep up with my games but not enough to burn out again because I was like, uh, it's time to, time to cool it for a minute. Easy um, to do, though. Yeah. So I casted a bunch of tournaments with 98.3 Media, who is a bunch of friends of mine, great people. They throw card game tournaments of all sorts. Um, myself and a guy named Flake, a great content creator and caster. He is um, known for hosting and commenting uh, Gwent tournaments. He has done their equivalent of like the World Championships. Um, 
He's done a whole bunch of other Gwent-related stuff. Did some magic content creation, did some Mythgard content creation, casted with me for Mythgard tournaments for a while. And now, Runtero's going on, um, and I am now the team captain for the Legends of Runtera team on Team Rankstar, and it's just a kind of seeing what's out there right now. And just so happens that 98.3 Media, who I have a really good working relationship with, is throwing this really, really, really cool tournament in uh, a little while, starting on the 11th. It's called Cards for Humanity. Little little, little <laughs> joke there. And it is going to I be... Laughed. A, yeah, it's a, it's a charity event for um, raising funds for COVID-19 research. So our goal is to raise at least $1,000 to aid in COVID-19 research. And to do that, we are having four different tournaments in Magic the Gathering on Arena, um, Gwent, Mythgard, and Legends of Runeterra. We haven't announced all of the casters so far, but we can say that for the Magic portion, we are having Merchant and Alias V. Alias Five, Elias. I'm not sure how I pronounce her name, but um, two very, very amazing content creators and friends of 98.3 Media are going to be casting that, which is crazy exciting. And then for Intera, myself and Charmer are going to be the two who are casting. Oh, nice. oh, amazing as well! Amazing content creators as well. I must say, yeah, he's he's great. I'm really excited to work with him again. He's one of my favorite guys to work with because he really, really likes being the you know analyst uh, teacher. Kind of person that sure. filling that role on the desk very and instructional very yeah very informative i can do that but that's not really where i shine i'm better at being the foil for that kind of archetype i'm a little more a little bouncier a little more uh active a little more play-by-play so charmer is is one of my favorite guys to work with so i'm really really excited for this tournament um if you're interested in being involved we can go to 98.3 media.com for all the info and signups, or you can join the 98.3 Media Discord. If you just search 983 Media Discord, you'll find it. Um, all the info and brackets and signups are in there. Uh, yeah. When is that's the my event? Plug. Oh, that's a good one. Um, so <laughs> there's three portions of it. We are doing uh, Swiss rounds on April 11th, so in okay. 10 days. Uh, hey, so that's next, my birthday. I guess I shouldn't say that on the internet, but it is. Uh, <laughs> not, I might have to do some birthday tournament play. People I love it. People might send you presents now. Oh, definitely don't do that. My birthday's May second. <laughs> send me presents. No, I'm just joking. Send, yeah, send send Mark my presents. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but yeah. the day uh, after that, we're doing the top eight bracket. Um, those are both not streamed. Those are just part of the tournament structure. Um, the live stream is going to be the final brackets on April 18th. So we got an extra week after that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. If you are interested, we are doing two blocks of games, so two games at a time. So I think it's uh, Mythgard and Gwent are going out at the same time, and then Magic and Runeterra are going out at the same time. Double check that. I may be wrong. But that means that if you're interested, you can participate in two different tournaments you can do one from one, one block and one three. from the other <laughs> I, well, uh, I mean i guess technically you could like you're playing more than one game mobile at a time. i go go mobile because gwent's got mobile now yeah that's true, that's you true. know gwent's yeah. got mobile now so as long as it's uh yeah as long as it's rune terra and the other and magic you know <laughs> i'm you set yeah. i'll do all of them that'd be impressive yeah that's yeah. that's my spiel that's that's oh, the, I'd, I'd, I'd that's the tournament. 
Well, I, I would too. I'd, I'd lose him if I didn't one. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, so here's a here's another question about the event. Um, so, how can people support financially? Yeah. So they are going to be uh, donations running during the live stream, and um, there's a whole bunch of information in the Discord and on the website. Um, that's actually something I'm not particularly informed on because I'm just a bit just like figuring out where do I need to be in order to do my function. <laughs> But right. as far as I'm aware, it's going to be primarily through uh, donation box on the channel. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Sweet. Well, they, uh, they do good work. I really enjoy working with them. They're one of the more professional of the amateur tournament scenes that I've worked with. Mm. The guy who runs it, Mark Theus, is really, really talented at running screens. He's a great guy. So it'll it, it'll be really, really fun to watch. I can promise you that. Nice. Very nice. Well, you can also get information about it in our Discord if you want. So if you're in our Discord already or if you're going to join it because there's a link to it, you don't know how to find the other ones. Um, Laser has posted information about the tournaments in both our Mythguard and our Legends of Runeterra channels. So you can <laughs> come over and, and find it there. Are you laughing at the fact that I said Mythgord? I'm thinking of like a magic pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> the old, the old Mythgord. <laughs> uh, the ancient school. Wash of sorrow. Hey, Mark, what game you playing? I'm playing Mythgord. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you have any questions, you can always just reach out to me directly. Uh, I, I usually, I'm, I'm on Discord all the time. Myth, um, Mythgord is definitely one of those Nancy Drew style games where you're solving oh a mystery God, yes. about a, about a gourd. Is definitely it's a point and click adventure, point and click <laughs> adventure <laughs> about gourds. That's what it is. Mythgord, a series of point and click mystery adventures about oh a God. gourd. I'm sorry, I just couldn't get. That's what I no, that's popped perfect. into my head. That's just what. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay well as somebody it's who has so casted good. one tournament and lost in round one of another i obviously have a <laughs> lot of important things to contribute to talking oh, about the tournament man. scene honestly <laughs> i got into content creation just because it's a creative outlet not because i'm particularly phenomenal at anything i don't think i'm awful um i just don't have the time to get good enough to uh to in order to uh you know be super competitive any of this i just love talking about it but um i do know so, uh, DBA are qualified to be a caster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe I am. I, I actually, I casted for, um, LMAO's, uh, Archon yeah. tournament in, in, uh, the yeah. first round and absolutely loved casting. I love filling air. So that also is helpful because dead air is never fun when people are casting. So that was um, like, that might've been one of like, maybe not the most, but one of the most enjoyable tournaments because I got to play this absolutely like goofy bonkers, stupid, uh, Tessel deck, uh, and got and and Mark got to cast it that game. Yes, oh, that's that, amazing. That was like the most fun. Like that was the coolest thing. It's like I'd played in a bunch of Tesla tournaments, but I'd only been casted once. Um, no, uh, yeah, only been casted once, and that was in the finals of one of the qualifiers where I lost terribly to Indozoa. Um, that checks out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it was so bad. I, it was it was yes. the classic didn't ban Endo's Battle Mage mistake in the era of Endo's Battle Mage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> classic, but uh, no, yeah, I 100% lost to the ban step. <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah, the uh, the one where where Mark got the cast was like honestly like 
one of my favorite card game memories uh not gonna lie because i went back and like watched and just had so much fun yeah nice. yeah yeah it's good that yeah. was a, that was a great deal of fun but we do know that the so runeterra plays a little different than other card games which means that casting it in tournaments are also going to look a, probably a little bit different so uh dbn i know that you had a few thoughts or questions about kind of like some of the um cool opportunities or complexities that runeterra might bring to the tournament scene especially because i think there are some people who are running like smaller non-casted community tournaments and if they want to branch out and begin casting some of those things especially once we get spectator mode in the future um there there's probably some little challenges that they're gonna have to overcome so i'm i'm curious to hear from both of you about kind of like what you expect to be um really cool about runeterra tournaments and what you expect to be a little bit challenging about runeterra tournaments well so so just to start yeah I, i've been kind of thinking about like um just comparing casting other games to this and how we're, you know, because Runeterra breaks away from the standard affair of I have my turn, you have your turn. Yes. That tends to heavily break down the way a lot of casters tend to approach things, which is on a turn by turn basis. Okay, now I'm looking from this person's point of view. Okay, now we're looking at this person's point of view. And that is what I see the most from casters in Hearthstone and back in Elder Scrolls Legends days. Um, and so that's something that I've been really thinking about. And I'm interested to see if you've done any preparation or watched anyone in particular to see how that dynamic shifts when all of a sudden both players act on the same shared turn uh, and that back and forth of, okay, how are, you know, we've got the fast spells and the burst spells and the way the chain works. That's something that somebody from a more magic centered background might have a better approach to. So the I think that's a really, really important point is i think that the fact that it's not binary on whose turn it is is the most defining aspect of how you need to approach commentating runeterra uh, i think you're hitting the nail on the head there it's really interesting especially given that even traditional sports often have that a b a b structure like think about like basketball baseball football um, I guess like soccer is maybe a little bit more freeform because there's much more uh, interaction because there's a lot more space to work with in, yeah. on the field. Soccer but, and hockey maybe, right? Yeah, yeah. Hockey, hockey's another good one where there's a lot more interaction. There's there's more than one actor at any given time. Mm -hmm. But yeah. um, usually when I, I have a question of what I want to do with casting a card game or another video game, I look toward traditional sports because there's a huge body of evidence and establishment that I can, you know, honestly, leech off of, honestly. Yeah. Um, but we don't really have that for Runeterra, right? So the closest thing that I found is chess or checkers, hmm. Um, hmm. where it's still an A and B. It's still my turn, your turn. But the difference is that you're only making one action at a time. The interesting thing about other card games like, uh, Magic to an extent, although instant speed kind of fusses with that. Hearthstone, Gwent. Um, actually, Gwent doesn't have that. Gwent is another good example of a lot of interaction. Um, but most games have that kind of trade-off. Chess mm. was the first thing that I found where it's like, one thing, one thing, one thing. Uh, hold on, here's my one thing. So yeah. <laughs> I haven't dug into it nearly enough yet. Um, thankfully, I still have like a week of time to lead up to the tournament and really get my head around how to approach this. But I think it makes it 
particularly difficult, not in terms of coming up with content to talk about, because with card games, there's an infinitely deep amount of strategy you could bring up at any given time. Um, if, you, if you know anything about artificial intelligence, one of the ways you can model playing games is by creating a data structure of every possible choice you can make. And then the computer just goes through all of them and says, yep, that one's the best, I'm doing that. And when you're casting, you can basically just bring that up, right? You'd be like, well, in my head, I see these 30,000 things you can do. These 29,000 aren't very interesting. These other 500 are impossible to describe. I'm going to focus on like this sliver of possibility to talk about on my cast. You can still do that in Runeterra. And in my brain, it's like, I see two possibilities here. And <laughs> we can talk about both of them because there's only two. <laughs> you, know the, you know the get excited clapping monkey? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what happens when I'm done casting. Because I've just used all of my brain power for the It's all gone. The weird thing about Runeterra is that while there's equally much to talk about, there is now less time baked in to talk about it. Mm. With, yeah. with, with your take turns approach, usually there's going to be a time when one person is, t- is thinking, is in the tank for an extended period of time. And that's the time you get to talk about possible lines talk about like sequencing mattering you play a a first or b first there's that built-in pause where the play-by-play steps back for a minute and the analyst steps up and starts talking about all this cool strategy then when the play actually happens the play-by-play caster steps back in gets things exciting gets things puts a little color and personality onto it great little format runeterra doesn't have that structure so there isn't that baked in time for me to say, hey, analyst, I noticed this thing. Talk to me about that. Because you don't have a guarantee there's going to be enough time for them to develop that thought. So it's going to take a lot of acuity and, and um, honestly, a lot of comfort between the two casters in order to not step on each other's toes constantly. Which is why mm. I'm glad I'm doing it with Charmer. He's a great caster when I've worked with a bunch before. So I know that he and I already have kind of a rhythm going on, so it's not going to be too much of an issue. But I think trying to cast this game with someone who you haven't built that synergy up with, because there's so much opportunity to be stepping on each other and and difficulty in handing off between each other, it's going to make it a really cool, cool challenge that you need to approach. Yeah, it's, I, I kind of got to imagine, I mean, you're absolutely right. That was actually another point I had written down that I was going to ask is the timing. You have less time to do stuff in and to say those things. And that's one of the things that like a lot of casters, especially analysts, can tend to fall into this role. And as somebody who's done both analyst and host or play by play and kind of. Yeah, I was doing I was a lot always, of I was always myth guard. Yeah, well, with Tesla, I was always just the multi-tool. Well, we need somebody to cast with this other person. Yep. All right, DVN. Sorry, I, nerd. I did not cast with anyone twice the entire master series qualifiers i did every one but never you're always right. with a different person wow yeah, i was right. wow i was the different person every time yeah. uh but yeah i know so because i was thinking about that and i was like you know there's that like you have to find that middle ground because sometimes there can be that like delay where somebody is waiting for that other person to say something which mm-hmm. obviously you have to build the comfort to know you know someone's natural cadence and when they're coming down on something means they're probably going to finish their sentence right or mm-hmm. does that mean they're pausing to catch their breath to continue elaborating? That's something where like that that like dynamic needs to be kind of built up because you don't have that, that amount of time. You can't afford to pause and wait just as much as you don't want to step on each other's toes racing to get through something, you know? Yeah. 
it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because I, I you know that's just something I've been like that just tinkering in my head about is it's not gonna be as easy to uh, as easy to cast. It's gonna be something that's gonna require a little bit more restructuring. So uh, that that should be pretty interesting. Now the other thing I want to talk about, if we, unless uh, Mark, did you have something on this topic? the specific kind of uh yeah i actually do i have a question so um as someone who's just you know predominantly watched tournaments one of the things that can be insanely frustrating for me and will cause me to turn off or to mute a tournament is whenever um a, a let's say <clears throat> hearthstone for example the uh, you got someone who's a slow player right they're super analytical they rope almost every turn the options are relatively clear what they can do but there's not a whole lot to talk about. Um, or even like uh, League of Legends, when you're in the beginning building stage and it's a farm fest, there's not a lot to talk about. And the casters get off topic to the point where it's <laughs> like, it's just obnoxious, right? There was a couple of Hearthstone casters that were exceptionally bad at this. And I actually got out of Hearthstone, watching Hearthstone tournaments and because this guy was everywhere and I just could not listen to him because he almost never talked about the game and I was losing my <laughs> mind. Do you think the fact that Legends of Runeterra has this back and forth where there's actually less downtime because of the back and forth nature and because of the consistent decision-making and the complexity of many of those decisions when it comes time to when to attack, when not to attack, do you open attack, do you build a stronger board, what that looks like. Do you think that there is there's going to be less of that because it'll be just a little bit easier. It's like, is that a cool opportunity with legends of Runeterra that wasn't in maybe some other games? Sort of. Um, <laughs> in theory, if you are like the pinnacle Jesus of casting. Yeah, totally. Like if you have the mental capacity to take all of that in and then speak about all of it in a reasonable time frame, then absolutely. I think what you're going to see more often is what you're going to have to do is be really choosy with what you talk about. Yeah. In Hearthstone, in Tessel, in Gwent, you can usually have enough built-in time to talk about every decision that's being made, unless you're, you know, on a go-off combo turn. Like if you're in like a Miracle Rogue kind of situation where you have to Man. talk about all the cards that are coming through, then it's not quite the same. You just like point out, oh, he hit the one important card. That's really cool. Okay, he's cycling, he's cycling, he's cycling. Oh, he hit the second important card. I think in Runeterra, you're going to see a lot more of that style where you're going to see, you know, he played a card, he played a card, he played a card. Okay, they're attacking. And instead of talking about those three cards that were played, you're going to pick out the one most important card that was played and then talk mm. about how that affects the matchup and the and the, the the game in general as opposed to how it affects this one fight right it, it, i again i think of it more akin to chess where you you say okay he you know captured that castle that's great but you don't spend a lot of time talking about the fact that he moved three squares diagonally up and to the right in order to capture the castle all you say is, yeah, the castle was captured. Now that means that he has the opportunity to attack this side. They're now weak there. You talk about the broader implications. I think that's probably the direction Runeterra is going to go in. Interesting. That you end up being a little more choosy, a little more strategic in your casting as opposed to more tactical in your casting. Um, and I, I think whether or not you can do that well is going to determine whether or not you have that downtime goofing off you're talking about. 
because I don't think it's feasible to be talking about every single little play in Runeterra. Mm. So you're going to see the better casters are going to be the ones who are good at picking out a moment or a play that was important. And the goofing off is going to happen when a caster is less knowledgeable and less capable of picking out those interesting plays to talk about. Yeah, one Mm. of the things about like, like the goofing, um, it, it comes from two things. Uh, I find one, it comes from fatigue. Yes. Um, and so that that's definitely something that like the longer tournaments, I mean, we've, we had a 10 hour long qualifier. It was so bad. Uh, it was it miserable. Um, and by the end, everyone is just so burned out that like, you know, you can't always work through all those plays for that, that 17th round of miracle or abomination empire or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can't talk about so, it like, anymore. Right. You just you're just like, okay, tribunal mirrors only have so much to talk about. Exactly. Right. And so like you you get to the point where like fatigue plays a big part of that. But I will say, I think that there is and I've seen this, too, in Dota, uh, which which irritates me. I'm a huge Dota 2 fan. Um, And I there's been a couple of casters who will remain unnamed uh, throughout Dota 2's uh, tenure that I hate listening to. And it's always for a similar thing where they don't act. It's like they don't actually care about informing. They care about mostly about entertaining. Hmm. Right. And you have to strike that balance because it checks multiple boxes. It's a very divisive thing. Goofing off during a cast. Some people absolutely adore it. It humanizes the casters and makes them relatable. If you use it sparingly as a tool, it can add mm-hmm. so much personality. And I think it's yeah. really, really powerful if you do it right. Mm. But I think the I think a lot of things, one criticism I have is that a lot of times the people that are offered opportunities to cast are not necessarily the best casters. They're typically influential uh, uh, sure. players or streamers. And that doesn't that doesn't always translate, you know? Um, and I'm not saying I'm it takes the best work. caster. It takes practice. It's, yeah, it does. I mean, the first time I casted with Costa because Warp Meta literally could not find another person uh, and Costa was just going everywhere around asking all the different forums, hey, does anybody <laughs> want to cast this weekend? Uh, and then I, it, this is actually a funny story. And then I was like, yeah, sure, I'll cast. He's like, who are you? Do you what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm a streamer, but you know, he's in Germany, so it's okay. Uh, but uh and he was like, "Well, do you have a camera and a microphone?" I'm like, yeah. "Streamer." I'm, you know, and he's like, "Well, what rank are you? Legend? Oh, you're higher rank than me." <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Costa. Like, he right. was not known for Costa, his ladder finishes. La- Costa just didn't like ladder at all. But w- what a guy! <laughs> I miss Costa. what a character. Well, so and like Costa, for instance, was really good at using goofing off sparingly. Mm-hmm. Like he would he would have these little quips where like. Uh, making something up, he would talk about like, what time do you think Daggerfall Mage goes to bed every night? Just <laughs> like, one really quick little quip, and then it's it's hilarious, it's contained, it's over, and then you move on. And, and it works yeah. really well. He was really good at injecting humor and character into a cast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there's there's some there's a lot of casters across a lot of different games who don't know where the balance lies. Um, I don't think there's anything in Runeterra that inherently lends itself one way or the other on that. I think that's going to be as with any game, probably going to be up to the quality of the caster. Exactly. It's going to be a caster by caster. Sure. Yeah. 
So now here's, here's yeah, something ahead. just to kind of keep talking about tournaments uh, and kind of um, analysis and stuff like that. Um, now you have casted um, Elder Scrolls Legends. You've casted Mythgard. Uh, have you casted Magic? I can't remember if you've casted uh, Magic or not. No, I haven't. No. I don't um, keep up with standard. I really just play commander a lot. Of right. Commander, but, <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't keep up with competitive magic too much. Gotcha. So, so, but you've casted a couple different card games and I know you play more than you've, than even the ones you've casted. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I've noticed is that the way that you analyze um, between games uh, shifts based on the uh, overall strategies and also the format, of course, um, is there anything about Runeterra and the way that you look at um, the archetypes and the broad strategies that shifts how you think you would analyze going into round two? Where okay, this person's decks out, this other person's decks in. Anything about lineup construction or anything? Just broad. I don't need anything specific, but do you have any mm-hmm. or any thoughts trickling around? Because I know you've been preparing. So okay, there, there's an, there's a question embedded in your question that I think is mm-hmm. interesting to start with is okay. we, we don't know what tournament formats in Runeterra look like yet. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it's a multi-deck game. We don't know if it's a single-deck game. We don't mm-hmm. know if it's a sideboarding game. Like, oh, all of that oh, still... Sideboarding would be really interesting for this game. Yeah, right? Like, th- yeah. so the, 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 the scene isn't old enough for us to know what competing in the game looks like yet. Um, sure. Personally, I'm really a big fan of sideboarding. I think it's uh, probably the most skill-expressive behind um, multi-deck lineups. However, I think when a game is young, having it be a multi-deck lineup format doesn't make sense because that's limiting your player base immediately. Mm -hmm. So I think right now, at least, it has to either be single-deck player deck or sideboarding. Sideboarding is a nightmare when you don't have, like, official tournament support. Yeah, you Um, should have tools in there for sure. Yeah, so right now it'd just be like, Submit your deck and your sideboard, and then go by faith that you're gonna do it correctly. I guess so. It, it's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to talk about that real quick because that's an interesting decision point that the community is gonna have to come to eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really excited to see where that goes. Do you think that will be determined by Riot? Like, do you think Riot will announce here is our tournament? This is. This is how it's going to work. And then the, the community will just naturally pick up what Riot is doing because they want to tend to do what they're doing. Sort of. I think there's going to be a, an amateur competitive scene and then Riot is going to base their format off of what the amateur scene has shown. So they'll both influence one another is what you're saying. There's, there's going to be something well, no. mutual. Once, between once, Riot, once Riot says something, that will be the de facto standard. Yeah, um, unless it'll be like community tournaments where they're experimenting with different stuff. Because, yep. I mean, that's happened all the time. That happens in Hearthstone and it happened in Tessel. And in fact, was quite interesting. I think Abel, Abel Wild had some of the most fascinating tournament formats. Mm-hmm. And you just come up with really weird stuff. And those were always the ones that I was really amped up to like play in. I never did because I never, it was always on uh, Saturday when mm-hmm. I worked. But yeah. sometimes I would just start handing out a deck list that I had theory crafted during the week for his weird tournaments to his like different people in his discord and be like, well, have you thought about this? And I'll post a deck list. But it was always some interesting stuff. You'll see experimentation, but mm-hmm. yeah, once riot lays down their golden standard, it, it's going to be the golden standard. But I will say we, you know, me and Mark have been talking about this a lot. And I don't know if you, you've noticed this uh, laser, but like 
Riot is exceptionally, or at least so far, has been very, very flexible uh, and also kind of adaptive to community input and insight um, and communicated that. That's what we're right. But I will say, like, I've been in a lot of betas and they are handling it very well. Yeah, they are. Uh, And and my current my current policy is open beta is the new launch. So really, I don't even pay it like beta. It's like, oh, that's right. It's in beta. Well, it's basically launched. That's that's correct. Yeah. If you can buy cosmetics, it's basically launched. (laughs) So I I think you're right. And I think that's kind of what leads me to my, my stance of riots format will be influenced by the amateur scene mm-hmm. uh, so if like a whole bunch of amateur tournaments are running you know conquest best of three bring three decks and it ends up being very successful and gets a lot of positive feedback i bet riot will adopt that if it turns out that it doesn't work very well and they want to do it with sideboards they'll probably do that um that said i also wouldn't put it past riot to be like screw all of you we're doing this thing you've never heard of before deal with it because yeah. they're riot and they'll like they, they can throw enough money at the esports scene that they could say like you're actually playing bridge and you're have to have like you're playing cricket but you have to top 100 runeterra ladder to apply yeah and people would still do it but right? there's a two million dollar grand prize <laughs> Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, it's whatever Riot says goes. Like that's just how it's going to be, and we're all going to have to deal with it. That said, I'm not concerned about that because I I think it would be foolish of them to ignore the amateur scene whenever that develops enough to be worth putting a pulse on. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a matter of like, how does that scene develop, and do enough people tune in to actually have an a, a voiceable opinion. And then is that opinion loud enough for a ride to listen to? There's a lot of moving parts, but I think it's going to be if the amateur scene takes off, that will inform Riot's decision. And then whatever Riot comes up with, the rule of law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and spectate mode will dictate a lot. Like if we get spectate mode at the same time as a tournament mode, the amateur scene's not going to have much of a voice. But if we get spectate mode a, a well before we get an announcement about an official tournament for Riot, the, the amateur scene will have the opportunity to take off and gain a voice and get some clout and get some people behind it, which will be very good for the game between here and when we do get the official announcement um, about a tournament, which I agree is inevitable. Like, it's coming. We're going to get that. Yeah. 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 Let me, let me, uh, I mean, I think we're kind of closing in on, on the end of the episode here, unless I'm incorrect there, Mark. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We can get, we can get rolling here soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me ask this question for you, Laser, then. Um, so you've kind of worn several different hats within tournament stuff, promoting, casting, hosting. Um, did you ever run, uh, engineering? uh i did once my internet couldn't handle it and i was immediately kicked off okay <laughs> i had to do, i had to do it one time uh for warp meta uh yep, me it too. was it was intimidating yeah <laughs> ian was like hey can you run back end and i'm like uh no but sure ian, ian's computer blue screened uh from the we, one where I we were casting that. yeah yep. <laughs> poor guy oh jeez. Um, but uh, so, OK, so my question here then is, uh, you know, you, you've been familiar with tournament scenes from all sorts of games. You also have kind of looked at it from several different angles. Um, so I would like you to give me between two and three things that you want this game, that you want Riot to take into consideration to learn from other 
game's failings. Ooh. And you can't bring up Elder Scrolls Legends. What? <laughs> huh. So Hearthstone, right. okay. yeah. League, so Overwatch. For, the first thing is it has to be viewable. Um, I like you're bringing up Overwatch because that was a very big problem competitive Overwatch had was there was too much information going on and no good way to have a viewer perspective that communicated all of it. Mm. Um, if you think about like, yeah. if you're playing diva, then you're up in front, like get your little force field out tanking up in front. <laughs> you have a very different perspective than the mercy who's hiding around the corner, trying to not die. So she can, you know, pre rework, come in and res everybody. That's two entirely different sets of information that are very, very difficult to convey to the viewer at the same time. Mm. Um, card games often have a similar problem where it is hard to get a broad overview of the situation at a glance. Um, I think games like Gwent are very uh, emblematic of this, where unless you play a lot of Gwent, taking a quick look at it doesn't really tell you anything. They did a, they did a good job by giving you that big old score on the side that says, <laughs> yeah, you're up 30 points. That's probably good, right? But beyond that, there's not a lot of visual cues to tell you the state of the game. Well, yeah, you don't know if Glusty Warp is going to come down for like a 40 point slam. Yeah. Like you don't, if you don't know that that's what that card does, like, yeah. <laughs> and Runeterra is already doing a very good job of that by limiting it to six units on the board mm -hmm. that makes it so you can't clutter too much. Um, like the barrier, uh, the animations in general are really good at conveying what they do. Barrier, big old shiny thing people don't have. Yeah, it's probably a shield, right? Like, sure. I, I kind of get that little blood drop, meaning it's like a lifesteal thing. All the icons are nice and bright compared to the gray borders around it. So it's pretty easy to get those important visual cues. Um, I like to think of judgment animation. Like, hmm. even if I've never played the card judgment, I know you that a giant idea. sword cutting through everything means probably a board wipe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's one thing I think they're doing pretty well and that needs to stick around. Um, it needs to be viewable and it needs to be digestible. Do you think that little feature where you can, like as a caster, you can slide over and look and see this is a projection of what is about to happen will be helpful Invaluable. in that? Invaluable, especially when you were mentioning players who um, like to really think through things. That'll be a really good way to inject analysis when you usually would just have dead air. Mm. Um, yeah. Or you're trying of... to explain all the different ways that these points add up. That's one of the things that like Tesla had a problem with is you'd be like, okay, so you got this many points from here. And this, especially when you started like calculating unstoppable rages and stuff like oh that, God. like it was, it, yeah, really fast. Uh, right. And so I think, especially when it comes to like combat rolling around where like this person's assigned, the other guy's assigning blockers and like sitting and thinking, yeah, hovering over that little gem. I, that was a good, good point there. Cause yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Useful. Point number two. Instant speed makes things messy. Um, I think it's really, really good that they're allowing instant speed interaction. That's something that I miss from a lot of games when I come off of a magic streak. Don't get me wrong. Magic is very, very deeply flawed in a lot of ways. But oh, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> <laughs> but instant speed casting as a design, the cards implemented, maybe not, but as a design is really cool. And the fact that Runeterra has that is really great they need to be very careful to make sure that instant speed doesn't become optimal ahead of slow speed. 
So like mm-hmm. if fast and burst spells become strong enough that you don't need to run slow spells anymore, then that's a problem. There mm-hmm. are decks in other games that are that rely on playing on your opponent's turn. And they're, you know, varying degrees of powerful. Uh, like there was a, a brief moment in Magic at the end of like the last set where there was a deck called Is It Flash, which was a red-blue deck that revolved around playing things at instant speed on your opponent's turn for additional value, which is cool. It's a really cool design, but it's really frustrating to play against, and it's really hard to watch play because if you don't know the cards, then you're saying, it's his turn, he didn't do anything. That doesn't make any sense if you're a newer player. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah. so I think a lot of my points are going to be based on like a newer player viewing because... If you're already entrenched in the game, you're going to overlook all these problems anyway. So who cares? Um, well, not to mention why Overwatch still has viewership. Things like if yeah. you're trying to explain a game and you have Ezreal right on the board and he's leveled up, and you're like, well, they haven't really done much except frostbite stuff the whole game, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, 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 burst after burst after burst after burst after burst, burnt them down. It's like we really don't have any time to even have a conversation about what is going that's on and the fine. decisions to be made. Oh, that's fine. Okay, never mind. Then. That's fine because the archetype, when you're like looking at the deck, the casters should know that that's the goal for the deck. And we could be talking about that for 10 turns before it actually oh, okay. prepping the viewer. Because it's like it, a combo yeah. and then you're getting them ready and explaining what that combo is going to look like whenever it goes off. Yeah. Okay. And so like, you know, you said no Tessel, but rage is a good way to like good, good one about that. You can be like, he just needs to draw that rage, and when he does, all of those tokens die for 30,000 breakthrough damage. Like you can prime that well in advance. It's, I will say one of the benefits, honestly, I, I always felt like, with the exception of like maybe when they're really broken and so it's not fun to cast, I always felt like combo decks were like a big boon to casters. Me too. Because it gives you unlimited ammunition for filling dead air because you can start off by prefacing exactly what the deck wants to do, exactly how they plan to do it and how it fares against the enemy matchup because it's such a linear game plan one of the main reasons i don't like playing combo very often is because i don't like the linear game plan i like to be adaptable and flexible that's where Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm the best player is in the situation where i can read the opponent and and switch strategies halfway through that's why i like mid-range so much right but like that's super handy for a caster to be like okay like i I everyone can be on the same page as this player. They don't have to be, you know, big braining it because this player is following a script. Really, that's what combo is. Combo is largely following a script uh, as best you can. Infinitely castable. Oh yeah. There's a format to follow for casting combos. It can be, doesn't have to be, but like you can always fall back on a very established structure for casting a combo deck, which is amazing. Yeah, Hmm. for sure. My my third piece of advice. Um, there's there's like sub points to this because it's it's multifaceted. Is don't be afraid of changing things. Um, there's a couple games that I that I follow that do a good job of this. Gwent changes things every month. They have yeah. like a I think it is like Path of Exile seasons basically, where like mm-hmm. every month they'll like tweak a rule or a card. Or I'm not exactly sure how it works. But I know that every month they change something yeah. in one format and then keep the other format more or less the same. I think that's how it works. Yeah, they, they, so they have a season format. 
that yeah. like only exists for that season and there's rewards tied to it and stuff like that. But, but what you're right about for sure is that they keep the standard format, if you will, yeah. but they massively overhaul balance changes. They'll sometimes they'll mm -hmm. take cards out, change rarities, change. I mean, so I've, I've long kind of, um, congratulated the Gwent team and the Gwent designers on a really smart mechanic, which is that they're, built-in deck building system is not based on a um like rarity oh, the provision system is amazing and the provision system is the best balancing tool you could ever want in a card game because like you don't have card costs to balance so you have how much it costs to put in your deck like you're building a 40k army that's a thing right yeah, 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 40K, yeah, yeah. Is that the right? Okay. Units never cost. played any of those things. But like, when you're putting if I ever do, I'll lose all of my money immediately. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna not gonna even dip my toes in that water. But like, yeah, like or like for the for the non, there was a game like that was kind of a light version of that, like HeroScape. Did anybody ever play HeroScape? Oh yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Right. I have I have the base set somewhere. Um, but basically, you draft your army with points. So like, you could go really wide with a ton of little things, or like get a couple big guys, and that was it. Right. Um, but like the provision system, even though you have that same 25 card thing, it allows them so much flexibility in changing things. Um, I've, I've always been very, very impressed with what that can do and enable them to do what Laser's talking about, which is not be afraid to overhaul stuff because they can just go back and fix it later if it doesn't yeah, work. They, they do it all the time. And that's something that a lot of games like Hearthstone, only rotating out problematic cards once per year is baffling to me. Yeah. Um, that whole game is baffling to me. <laughs> It's so watchable, though. Like, that card is the pinnacle of watchability. Everything is clear. It's bright and flashy and colorful. Mm, watching Hearthstone's amazing. Playing it is a slog. It's awful. But watching <laughs> it... You know, I would have agreed. Slog. I, and I, Last time I, I played was like six years ago, so who knows? That's why I would have agreed. Yeah. The thing is, is back in the day, like, Arcane Intellect was the primo card draw. Hunter did not have card draw for yeah. like six or seven sets. Hunter like, got to play eight cards in a game. And if you right. won, you won. If you lost, you lost. And I'm sitting here with a golden hunter. Like, so I know, I know, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. but, uh, but, but the thing was, is that because there was less cards flying around and there wasn't all this dumb, like, Oh, play a card. It generates three more cards. Like that's what's killed the watchability for Hearthstone for me for sure even before i quit the game was that like with this insane resource generation like it wasn't that kind of that pacing got completely thrown off you know and that's one of the things i've enjoyed about runeterra is how many times do you really sit there with seven or eight cards in your hand sometimes I it play, happens in certain control decks so well, okay okay fine karma <laughs> but like it's point taken but like, there's a lot of archetypes that will sit there, and you'll find them mm -hmm. commonly sitting at three cards, four cards. One of the most like, popular archetypes is defined by having very few cards. Right, and so like, it, it kind of limits the amount of the, the scope that you have to encompass when you're doing stuff. Increases that watchability. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, to, to finish off my point, sorry, about making change. <laughs> no, 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 that was a great discussion. I loved it. Um, rotation and reprints. There. So digital card games have to reach a critical mass of players and cards before they can have rotation happen. Rotation is one of the easiest ways to ensure the health of your game. You are inevitably going to make mistakes, embrace that fact, and either ban cards or rotate them out. The problem with that is that you can 
invalidate large swaths of players' collections, and those players don't have a lot of resources or time to get those cards back. One solution that I've been a fan of for a long time that I've never seen a digital game other than Magic, which is not really a digital game implement, sure. is reprinting cards into new sets. If you rotated out Daggerfall Mage in, in Tessel for like for uh, the Morrowind expansion, and we just didn't have it for like six months, that would be a really interesting meta. And then you can reprint it again when Isles of Madness expanded, expansion came out, and then you get that card back and you can say, well, that worked for us, but this other half of the core set didn't. So what we're going to do is say like, I'm just making stuff up here get rid of all of intelligence's core cards and re and make more cards for intelligence but reprint all of willpower's cards into the new set because those worked well obviously that large of a swath isn't actually feasible because that doesn't affect that that's way too swingy but if you have like just a couple cards that don't work very well magic's core set every year is a really good example of this they reprint Lanawar elves it's a one it only costs yeah. one green mana you tap it to add uh, another mm -hmm. mana that is reprinted like every year that I, this, I don't think it's been out of standard for more than like six months at a time. Cause it's just reprinted all the time. I think that solution works really, really well for a lot of situations and it's never been used in a digital game before. Well, so it, like, go ahead. If, if you decide you want to like print new champions. Sure. That's great. You have like 125 champions to work through from league. Awesome. Eventually you printed all of them. You need to print new versions of cards. So say like, uh, right now we have, you know, Garen and Lux in Demacia. Eventually you've run out of Demacian champions. You need to reprint old ones. So you can say, okay, Lux changes from being what she is now to this other new card, but Garen stays the same. So that way old players get their reprinted card they can still play with. And, uh, well, people who don't play a lot. And then whales can just go grind out the new versions. I don't know why companies don't do reprints in digital games. This is, yeah, so th I can tell you why they don't do reprints. Um, uh, it's because of the fact that players can craft and dust, specifically dust cards, right? Mm, that's a good point. But guess what Runeterra doesn't let you do? Dust. Dust cards. Dust cards, right. So if they're inv so if they rotate and invalidate a swath, as long as they communicate effectively ahead of time, I think that's really important. Like it needs to be very clear months and months ahead. Here's when we rotate. Here's what we rotate. Be prepared. Yes. Okay. And get your get your butt hurt out of the way now. Okay. Because it's happening. Because it's coming. Right. Um. And if you do that, then they hold on to the catalog of cards that are gone. And players still have those cards, they just can't put them in their deck mm -hmm. until they get reprinted, right? Because you what people a, would a... do in Hearthstone is what would you do when everything rotated out of standard? Because I'm sorry, who the hell plays wild, all right? You uh, I hit Legend in wild. Uh, get out of here, Mark. I hit Legend. Your is invalidated. Agro, Agro Shaman in Legend in wild. Come on. Wild is disgusting, and I hate it. Uh, oh, I love like, it. It's my favorite place. Look, 90, 90 to 95%. I'm just pulling that number. Like <laughs> Unnerf nobody Nagasi Huh? Nagasi witch. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Stupid Nagasi witch. The bottom line is 
most people didn't want to play it. They want to play the, yeah. the, the game mode that is the competitive staple, like standard mm-hmm. game the mode, premier right? Mode. The premier mode, the one that all the tournaments are played on. Anyone who's an aspiring, aspiring competitive player plays that. They can learn more. They, there's less craziness and there's more useful, viable information, right? Um, well, so what people would do and what I did forever was, oh, it's rotated out. Well, we're never going to see that again. Dust, 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 dust. I'll get quarter of my value, but I'm going to be able to get more of this stuff because let's be honest, Hearthstone is like a terrible business model and you'll never catch up, right? So Whoa, like- With a lot of money, you will. <laughs> terrible business model. <laughs> I stand by it. But the point is like Runeterra doesn't have to do that. If they don't allow dusting, which I have applauded in the past, that because I totally would have dusted all of my Demacia stuff out of the gate. Okay, I would have done it. Uh, but I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad they stopped me. They held me back from myself. <laughs> Saved okay. you from yourself. Yeah. Right. Uh, because that's the kind of player I am. I'm I'm when I get when it gets to card games, when it gets to video games, um, not so much like D D, because that's a narrative thing, but like in video games, I'm very much like a min-maxer. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I want to go. I care about my stats. I want to be efficient. I want to, I'm going to pick out what I'm going to do. Mark can contest, like, can testify as to my ridiculous indecision on how I wanted to build my ESO character to the point where I spent almost as much time sitting and thinking about my stats at like level 10 uh, and what I wanted to do at level 50 compared to never, actually playing the damn game i'm like you should dude. never look at my character i accidentally i put health on my mage and i was like why did i do that yeah well so that's the thing like i mean like i played i started playing bloodborne one of my favorite games of all time and the first thing i did was i was like okay this is really cool i know that i like it but i also know i want to be efficient let me look up a build for the item that i like like 100%, that is me. So what I would have done is exactly what I did in Tesla, which was in Tesla when I first got started, I knew I wanted to play these certain colors. I knew I didn't like willpower. I dusted every single willpower card, every single one, which is ironic considering my my iconic like competitive deck ended up being Crusader. Um, <laughs> like like everyone everyone who followed my channel, everyone who like knew my tournament prep, Crusader was always in my lineup no matter what. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> But like, I mean, at the time I was just like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go and be ridiculously cutthroat about this. And I would have done it. But since I didn't do that, and since they don't let me dust the stuff, then everyone is at that same advantage and everyone's old copies will come back when you reprint it. I think that's brilliant. And that's not something I've heard people bring up. People bring up rotation all the time, but I, you're the first time I've heard somebody bring up reprinting, uh, at least in recent memory. Uh, for digital card games, so so kudos. Thank you. Said so, to to summarize, make sure it's watchable. I don't remember my second point. <laughs> uh, it was a good one and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be but be be aware of balancing the speed of spells, and don't be afraid of changing things frequently. Yeah, and I tell you what, those things they've done well. They've they've done well. They they clearly have their thumb on burst spells. They've changed things frequently, in my opinion. I think that they've evidently. Uh, I, I, I hate, you can't I hate burst as a design. Okay, you I don't... think burst is a terrible design? I like it, but you know, I I'm kind of with I'm kind of with laser on this. I think that there I think it's the choice of burst spells. Some of them don't seem quite right. That that could be true. Like I think like, like harsh winds really shouldn't be burst. I think like the opinion. purify is probably fine as a burst. Um, That's it. Yeah, just one. Well, 
my thing with like burst is that a lot of times like i think burst is way more interesting when it is only like internally focused like i think rummage is a perfect burst spell yes yes that's a very good point rummage progress okay, day we, before yeah. we before we go off on a tangent might i make a suggestion i suggest the two of you next week talk about the merits of different speeds of play in runeterra shoot yeah yeah all right you want to come back <laughs> yeah you want to come back dude i'm on quarantine i don't have anything to do yeah Let's come do back dude, dude next week laser dish you serious because we'll have you back on the show two week two weeks in a row you want to come back and talk about that yeah let's do it okay yes boom yes. we got next week's episode planned okay so if you love oh, this man, episode you're gonna love next episode too um well i tell you what though guys we have been going out this for about an hour and 35 minutes so we probably should wrap up a little bit and rep some stuff and all those sorts of things but at the end of these episodes i try to give a closing thought so i want to give a quick closing thought i know what lurks in the shadows I have been avoiding doing closing thoughts since the COVID-19 crisis because there has been a lot of people who have been voicing opinions about it that were not smart. And they voiced opinions before they had proper information and have said some really unintelligent things in hindsight. And so I'm trying to be very careful about saying <laughs> things involving the COVID-19 crisis. I will only say this, for the next month, you if you're in the United States, you are probably not doing very much. You might be one of those unlucky people like many of the members of my family, you actually are working constantly. But for, for many of us, you're gonna be working at least less. I'm just saying that today is, today right now as we're recording is April the 1st, okay? You have a month ahead of you. You can listen to this on April the 3rd. You, you have a little under a month ahead of you, right? where you can decide what it is that you are going to accomplish or work on or improve your life by with the time that you have. If you're not careful, you will watch Tiger King five times instead, <laughs> instead of improving your life at all. And I'm not even saying you shouldn't watch Tiger King once. And, and I'm not saying you need to be like, you know what? You just get real ripped over the next 30 days. I'm just saying, like, find something to invest yourself in. So here's the thing. My wife and I sat down tonight. We said, what are we going to accomplish over the next? This is everybody over the next 30 days. I'm going to begin building my Star Wars Legion board that I've been meaning to build for about a year and have not had the time to get into the paints and everything to do it. We bought Clank Legacy, which is an insanely cool deck building board game and there's a legacy version of it which means you destroy pieces of it you play it 10 times and you build a custom game just yourself my wife and i are going to play through that together there i'm going to rip out some landscaping in the front of the house the point is is that come up with a couple of goals some things that maybe you didn't have time to do before because in a couple of months you're going to go back to your regular life and you're not going to have time for those things and you're going to be like wow i really wish i would have done something during those couple of months more than put on 12 pounds. Like, I really wish that I would have done something with that time. And so my my closing thought is just this, like invest, invest this time in something positive. Be a survivor and not a victim. Having a survivor mentality over a victim mentality in every aspect of life is beneficial. Be a survivor and not a victim and pour yourself into something during this time if you can that will make you look back on the COVID-19 crisis and not just see it as a time of anxiety 
and fear or whatever it is for you, but you will see it as, oh yeah, that was also that time that I started that new hobby, that I invested in that new project, that I did that new thing. Moments like this always have difficulties, but they also come with opportunities. And if you can seek out, find, and take advantage of those opportunities, you will look back on this season of life for the rest of your life as COVID-19 was the time I was quarantined, but I also got to invest in this. And um, I think that's a that's a cool thing. So um, I know that this is, you know, hey, my dad was exposed to COVID-19. He's a diabetic. He's in his 50s. He's in his 60s. Like, I realize the fact that there's a chance, heaven forbid, that I will lose my father during this time. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to look back on it and only remember it for that. So I am going to invest my life in some things now that I have the time to do it, including my girls. So that's my that's my closing thought. You got to make the best of every every season in life and um, global pandemic. Oh, my last closing thought is this. Your hmm. worth as a human being is not made up of how productive you are during a global pandemic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Your worth as a Your human worth. being is not made up of how productive you are during a global pandemic. Take a nap. If you are a workaholic, you're just finding out about this, that you're a workaholic, learn to take a nap. Learn to wake up a little bit late. It's okay. It's a global pandemic, okay? So just like take a just chill relax pill. already. There's some people at my office that just need to just relax a little bit, right? Um, take, a, take a nap. Holy cow. Okay, that's yeah. my closing thoughts. That's all I got. <laughs> Good stuff. Good okay. Stuff for sure. Well, we got to go work our way out of here. So, um, Laser, why don't we start with you? Tell us uh, how people can get connected to what you're doing and give us one last plug for that tournament coming up here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, tournament is going to be in uh, approximately a week from when this releases. You can go to 983media.com or the 98.3 Media Discord channel for more information. Uh, tournaments for Mythgard, Gwent, Magic the Gathering Arena, and Legends of Runeterra, which I will be casting the Runeterra tournament. You can also find me Twitter, uh, Laserdition, Twitch, Laserdition, YouTube, Laserdition. I'm incredibly constant with my name because no one else has ever thought of it. Got it. <laughs> okay, DBN, anything, anything that you would like to share uh, before you're on your way out? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I am, uh, because I realized unless i specifically and explicitly say that i'm going to do it i'm going to not do it so by saying it it will ensure that it happens because then okay. i'll feel pressured to actually do it he's going to sign up because i have a oh um yes i'm going to sign up yes. for the tournament once i find out what i'm doing on april 11th because i need <laughs> to find it. that out first but if i'm not doing anything 100% and maybe i'll even stream it uh but uh because i have a 4 day weekend coming up I am going to record videos to finally put on my YouTube page nice. for like two months off. Uh, so it's going to happen. Stay tuned. Deadbroke Nerd on YouTube. I'm coming back out of the chrysalis. <laughs> nice. Coming back. I'm going to be a beautiful butterfly. Jumping back in that content creation game. <laughs> um, for me, I'll just say this. You can come on Twitch and follow me there. I am twitch.tv slash the lift. Um, I, uh, we hit, uh, we hit, what is it? It's associate. 
apprenticeship what is affiliate. it affiliate. affiliate yeah we hit affiliate yesterday Aspirant. so uh yeah so the very last day of march we hit affiliate we had an amazing stream it was fantastic just had like so many good friends <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yes uh, great. and as you play eso and i'm hearing about naru and eso like there's so many things that i'm learning about the card game that i'm not playing now um, but yeah, so come on over to twitch.tv slash the lift. Leave me a follow over there. That would be awesome. I am doing a lot more streaming now because that is one of my goals during this month of April is I'm going to be doing more streaming. So I'm streaming a couple nights a week at like 10 p.m. until 1 a.m. I'm going to be playing TFT, ESO, and Legends of Runeterra. And then I'm also going to be streaming most Thursday nights when we live record these episodes for Legends cast. And then, oh, that's Wednesday night, sorry. And then a lot of Thursday nights, I'm going to be streaming my RPG group. We're currently playing in uh, the Forbidden Lands campaign setting, and uh, I am running that game, but we are adventuring back to Dungeons & Dragons 5.0 for the first time since the launch of 4.0. We have been playing other RPGs for 10 years, probably. And so we are coming back to 5.0, and we're going to be checking that out in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be live streaming that. That is typically a hot mess, but we're gonna try to fix it up and make it nice and hopefully everyone can make Discord work on their computer next week. Um, yeah, so that, <laughs> that's that's my plug. Uh, I think that about does it for us, unless either of you have any last moment of comments or, or anything to say you wanna say before we're done. Uh, yeah, I realized I'm 97 out of 100 on the Centurion still. So on Friday, I'm gonna stream getting the last three mono neutral wins. I'm gonna dust yes. all of all of my other cards so that I can also get the resplendent title on the last one. So uh, if you if you're in for some spicy title hunting, Friday on my Twitch channel. There right you there. go. Yeah, go yes. follow Lasergician over there. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, guys, I want to thank you, Lasergician, for coming on this week and for agreeing to come on next week. Deeply appreciate it. This was a ton of fun, and I will say this: we did more laughing this episode with you on here than we have the last couple. Um, <laughs> Glad I could help. Yeah, you definitely got some boisterous laughing out of us this week, guys. That's going to do it for this episode of Legends, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, and be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.